124 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I am your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie. No producer Johnny Fam this week. That's my bad. Hand up. Hand up this time. For once, you know, guys, you don't have to take a day off of Johnny's PTO. He can still bank this one. It, 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 it's Evan's bad this week that Johnny isn't here and that we're doing this on a Thursday. But it is great to be with you, Dalton. On this Thursday, we are doing a top 24 rest of season ranks, and I just saw your tweet. You have a lot of bad takes right for this one. I'm excited to hear them. Well, the, the the problem is there are no good takes. It is once you get past the top six players, yeah, it's a shit show in fantasy football right now. Yeah, there's not a single player that I can't poke a hole in them being in the top 24 for the most part. Yeah, and that's not even like not even addressing the fact that. You know, we're in like the quarterback qu- quarterback apocalypse, whatever yeah. whatever you want to try and call it right now. Um, so not even talking about quarterback today, which is like a whole nother level of of bad right now. And yeah, it is. You know, we we talked about this briefly. Once you get past, I think for me, it's maybe a little deeper than six. I feel good about, but not much. It's like I get past like eight or nine, and then it's sometimes yeah, I, I feel on very my good list about. after ten. I I could legitimately listen to anybody make an argument they don't belong in the top twenty four. Yeah, like we'll 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 get to this, but for me it's like you know I have Amon Ross St. Brown lower than that, but I would not listen to an argument that he's not top twenty four. However, I I don't think he's top ten, I, but he's like been one of the if not the safest player in fantasy football all yes. year. Well, some of us might have him in their top ten. So. <laughs> uh, I love that you trade him to me in our league. And yet you are the one who is consistently just ever so slightly higher on Amon Ross St. Brown than I am. Hey, a tanking team has to do what it has to do. (laughs) All right. Without further ado, Dalton, we're going to do this like every good YouTuber should. And that is a tier list. I don't know why this D is showing at the bottom. I have deleted it like five times. We are doing top 24. You see all these faces right here. I really hope I can recognize all of them based on just their headshots. Um, how do you want to do this? I think what we've done in years past is we've kind of alternated, just like we like we make a, a code list, but we we alternate. So like I, you know, you get first pick, I get second pick. We can have some debate and, and maybe like you know come to some compromises, but I don't really have like a firm way to do this other than that. Yeah, I mean, we could just let's just get on the line at the same time. So I'll give my one, you give your one. We'll go see who's better off. Well, we we can. I I I do think we just need to like draft a a co top twenty four because otherwise we're going to end up. I don't know. It's just us reading reading names like here. That's fine with me. Uh, I mean, number then, one, we have to have the same one, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't see him on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, you're not talking about Christian McCaffrey right here? No, we're CEH. <laughs> yeah, no, I have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he is the third most points in fantasy football. I don't know yeah. if you, you saw that, which is – he's outscoring like Patrick Mahomes. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. He has uh, in half-point scoring. He has outscored Tyreek Hill. He has outscored Patrick Mahomes by 21 points. And, you know, I saw the stat earlier today. Let me just uh, – look at it myself to confirm. So the difference between RB5, DeAndre Swift, and RB1, Christian McCaffrey, is 89 points. Now, 
let's go difference between RB5, DeAndre Swift, and let's see. I think it's like RB40, isn't it? It's it's like lower than that. It, yeah, it's like RB. Let's see. What is uh, what does Swift have? Swift has 106. Minus 80 would be in the 120s. I mean, you are looking at like RB58, Rico Dowdle is the difference between. <laughs> it's like like yeah. that. that is what he's doing right now. It is absurd. Yeah, that's hideous. Uh, not a fan of that. Uh, and I'm sure this will be a pretty, I'll probably be pretty consistent on this take the entire podcast. But I had to rank some RBs I'm a little uneasy about yeah. higher because the, it, it is no man's uh, you get past even some of these guys in the top 24 you're like i don't know if that guy is like a, a guy i feel comfortable starting as an rb1 every week it's pretty hideous mm-hmm. uh christian mccaffrey and maybe two or three other guys on this list are going to be a step above everybody else in my opinion yep and kind of speaks to what we've said here but already at number two i think we have real opportunity to diverge between the two of us uh, I have Travis Etienne at number two. Who do you have? Uh, I figured this was going to be a bit of a fight. I have Tyreek Hill, and then I have Etienne. As I mean, I, I I have I have two and three just flipped, yeah. so it's not that big of a fight. Uh, I think there's some like touchdown regression that could hit Etienne harder than Tyreek Hill, which yep. is the only reason I have that for. Uh, but really, it's interchangeable. I could have had them in the other order and felt just as comfortable. So yeah, Etienne and Hill, two and three. Those two guys have been electric all season. Obviously, uh, Tank Bigsby went from having a role to not having a role. Every really time impacted. that man gets on the field, he makes a mistake. I, I did a just-for-fun Twitter search of Dearness Johnson, and let me tell you, Jaguars fans are ready for that to be their RB2. <laughs> Jermichael Hasty, Tasty Hasty. Yes, and Hasty too. They're like, please, can we play Hasty? And uh, – and Johnson over over Tank, he he's just not it. Like Etn, I'll, I'll give you uh, first first tiebreaker here. I'll put Hill to Etn three. I mean Etn four consecutive weeks of twenty or more points, which is like at the running back spot. That it's basically only him and McCaffrey who can boast similar stretches this year. He caught up like he was not having the best day last week, and he actually left the game. With an ankle injury, and you're thinking, oh boy, here we go. Like, we're going to get the eight-point ETN game. The guy comes back and, like, three seconds later has 26 points, catches a long yeah. touchdown where he kind of does the Aaron Jones just vertical route on the outside, which, you know, that is interesting if he's going to get uh, plays like that here and yeah. there. And and the Jags just traded for a pretty quality guard from the Vikings. So No, it's a, it's going to really improve their inside run game. I had that yeah. down. It's Cleveland. That guy's a really good uh, run blocker, and I think it's going to set their offense up pretty nicely. Yeah. And his usage has been insane among qualifying running He's backs. Like 89% of the snaps last game or something yeah. like that. He's eighth in the NFL in targets per route run among running backs, and he's not like he's not well known for a pass catcher. That that wasn't really his pedigree coming in, despite what a lot of people thought. He's really improved mm-hmm. even this year. Uh, I mean, going back to last year, a lot of memories of those dropped passes yep. and those missed touchdowns, yep. and he's just hitting those right now. Yeah, and you know, I, I we mentioned the trade, and we've also talked about in the last couple of weeks with him. He he's just been running the ball a lot tougher, um, a lot smarter. And he's been right up there. I don't know where he is after last week. He was tied for the league lead in broken tackles 
through last weekend. I'd imagine he's at least there um, yeah. at this point still. So he's been awesome. I mean, Tyreek Kill is Tyreek Kill. You know, what more can we say about Tyreek Kill? Everybody knows at this point. Uh, number four, I, I guess I'll give you four because we'll go. I said ETN, you said Hill. Who's your number four? Uh, I mean, going back to the running back market, I <laughs> – I had to do it. And this was a tough one because there are better receivers and better offenses I want to put here. I don't have another running back for like four or five spots. It's yeah. This is Alvin Kamara. And I didn't, I have him eight. Yeah. I originally, he was seven and then I got done with my list and I was like, I have to move him up because of it. Uh, among all running backs in the NFL, he has the third most RB one games. The only people with more RB1 games than him are CMC and ETN, who we have ranked above him. Mm-hmm. He's RB6 on the year based on total points. And he already has more RB1 games than he has all season and is on pace to set the single season receiving record for running backs yes. in spite of missing four three games. games. Four yeah, games. Four games. games whatever it was. Uh, and I can't get around the upside of it. Derek Carr is going to continue to check the ball down. I don't think it's stopping anytime soon. Obviously, last year, Josh Jacobs set a career high in targets under Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. It's checked down city in New Orleans. This offense isn't really productive outside of what AK does. Uh, other reasons for why it's not productive. But AK seems to be their only outlet on most of their offensive plays. So I just had to put him here because it's one of the last consistent running backs I had on my list before I started to get unsettling about them. <laughs> So I have my eight. I can't really disagree with the the overall points that you're making there. I saw somebody, maybe it was Matt Harmon. Somebody made the joke about like put giving Derek Carr Alvin Kamara is like giving someone who just tried to quit smoking a pack of cigarettes. Like you, like it, you know how that one's gonna end, and like that that's kind of what's happening. I, I you mentioned on pace to break the record for running back receptions. I think he has like seven more receptions than any running back in the NFL right now. And again, he missed multiple games. It, I can't three or four games, whatever it was. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, I'm going to ask that you concede this tiebreaker for me. We'll put Kamara four higher. Did than you have I AJ have Brown? Next? I, I have AJ Brown. Next. Yeah, that's fine. He was my next guy on my list. Uh, uh, obviously what he's doing there is equally insane. Yeah. I mean, what is it? Four games, five games. Uh, I think it's five games. Six Ever games, since actually. the sideline incident. Yeah, I actually I wrote it down here. I said to get get my document to it. He's the first receiver in NFL history to have 125 or more yards in six straight games. I mean, like AJ Brown is awesome. He is so good, and I just laugh harder and harder every week at the well, Stephante Smith, the higher dynasty valued asset, and AJ Brown that was happening through like one week of action, like. AJ Brown has been probably my favorite receiver to watch in the NFL this year. A couple of weeks ago, I, you know, one night on a Saturday night, as guys being dudes do, I was just watching Calvin Johnson highlights. And I was like, <laughs> man, I wish we had like a modern day Megatron. Have you, and have AJ you, Brown is that. He's yeah. so close to it. That reminds me, I just saw the, this TikTok. I hope Dakota, I hope Dakota listens to our podcast or listens to this one just for this. Um, it was a, a guy and a girl and the girl had, you know, t- made the guy watch movies, whatever. So now it was his turn to pick the movie and the highlight starts playing and it's the music for the Tavon Austin highlight mix on, on YouTube. It's like, this is real cinema. So you, like you said, <laughs> guys being dudes, just putting on the highlights on Saturday night. 
That's guys being dudes right there. And yeah, AJ Brown, I mean, he's him. He, if Tyreek Hill wasn't on pace to break the receiving yards record, uh, AJ Brown would be the guy on pace to break it, who also is on, yeah. still on track to do that. And this Eagles defense is getting worse by mm-hmm. the week. You, not a lot of teams let Sam Howell put up four touchdowns, 300 yards. Uh, so they're going to be in some shootouts, and AJ Brown's going to keep doing AJ Brown things. Yeah. So we have a couple comments in the chat from josh i'm just gonna say josh i don't know how to handle either of these if if they're like actual legit questions because i have never even fathomed being in a 20-man ppr league and then a 16-team league is also a bigger league than i've ever been in but in a vacuum i don't want to trade jacoby myers and demario douglas for dk metcalf i would agree i would trade Aaron Jones and Rondell for Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs is due. He also was second on the team in a small sample size with Aiden O'Connell with target share. So in a 20-man PPR, those are some points for sure. The the vibes are high in Vegas the last day or two. I wonder what could have happened to change that. I don't know. Maybe Josh McDaniels is a terrible person. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. I'm just throwing it out there. We'll find out next time on this episode of Dragon Ball Z. All right. So... One through five here. We've got one more to add to this top row. Uh, I guess this is a tough one if we're just doing one through six on the top row because there are two guys who belong here. You gotta, it's just gotta be one guy. So let's just both say who we have next up and we can decide. Three, two, one, Travis Kelsey. Oh. There are three guys then because I thought you were gonna say Jamar Chase. No, I have, uh, so my next three. Go Kelsey, Chase, Diggs in that order. My next three go Diggs, Chase, Kelsey. <laughs> so, the, so the exact opposite. So the exact opposite. Um, I mean, I, I'll give Travis Kelsey to you because I think in points per game, even though he missed a game, he's wide receiver seven. Yeah. And in he's also outscoring Mark Andrews by like 40 points mm-hmm. despite missing a game again. Uh, continues to be the ultimate cheat code. And the Chiefs offense without Travis Kelsey looks like bereft of talent right well, now. Also, like, the the Chiefs offense had one possession for the first, like, 20 minutes of the second half the other day yeah. and just did nothing in the second half. Yeah. And, you know, he, he had an okay day. It was like eight points and half point scoring. But that also is dragging him down. And even if the offense may struggle occasionally, that – will probably be their worst performance of the season. So that that's also dragging him down ever so slightly too. Yeah. No, I agree with both those points. So I'm, I'm fine putting him where he's at on that and, and kind of running with it. Uh, I, I can see the argument against it and, and for it. Okay, so the next two. So I have Chase Diggs in that order. You have Diggs Chase. Uh, you sell me on Diggs and I'll try and sell you on Chase and we can see. Uh, well, my sell on Diggs is that he is the offense. I understand what they did on Thursday night against the Bucks. They were able to get Kincaid and Davis way more involved. And I don't Col- think Davis. Col- Khalil Shakir. I, and Khalil Shakir. I actually just listened to Matt Harmon on my way home from work make this point that he thinks the Bills may have just stumbled ass backwards into what their offense actually should be. Yes. Which is Dawson Knox not out there. Shakira in the slot, Kincaid kicking ass as a tight end, like that, that should be their offense. Yeah. And well, it definitely looked better. Um, but I don't think Gabe Davis is going to get 12 targets in many games. And I think Stefan Diggs, the offense revolves around him. And the tiebreaker for me was that I can just see games 
and I know he's not on either of our lists, uh, where T. Higgins takes over and just ends up getting more targets, still believer in the talent there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was just splitting hairs between the two and ended up taking digs. Uh, I can also see the argument that Chase already had a buy. So if we're really doing rest of season rankings, that you might put him one up over a player in that situation. Yeah. Um, so the Bengals are the third most pass-heavy team with a 7.5% dropback rate over expectation this year. I will admit, I don't know where the Bills are in that. So that, that doesn't necessarily for sure sell Bengals over Bills in that regard. But boy, if Joe Burrow did not look like Joe Burrow the other day, 19 straight completions at one point in that game. I think he finished 28 of 32. And, you know, Chase has been the same old guy all year. It's just been the situation hasn't been ideal. It's like they were finally able to run some play action from under center for Joe Burrow because he's actually able to do that now. You saw um, probably on the, the play that went most viral where he had the step up in the pocket, break out of a sack, roll out of the pocket and hit T Higgins on a rope on the sideline. And it's like, if this offense is back to being the Bengals, which it sure looked like after this last week, then, you know, chase is back to being locked and loaded top, yeah. top two or three receiver, which I know you agree with too. And, you know, you mentioned them. I'm, I'm still going to say by T Higgins. I think a big game is coming for, for T Higgins to where the price is going to, gonna jump up but no I, i'm okay either way i'll give you chase because you gave or i'll give you digs excuse me because you gave me kelsey if i can uh bottom next here. to swift yeah left there you go all right so after that so i think for both of us this is where it gets hard right like after the top eight for me i was like Oof, i don't know what i want to do at nine <laughs> who did no. you put, who did you put at nine uh, I ended up going with reliable over some of the, the running backs here. And this is where Amon St. Brown came in for me. Okay. Uh, he's had double digit targets in every game he's played fully, including a game where he allegedly had the flu, uh, on Monday yeah, night. Thanks football. for that lions. Thanks yeah. for that. Some of us had to bench him because we didn't have any replacement options. Yeah. Um, and this Detroit offense in the NFL is ninth in pass rate over expectation, despite having games where they're leading, even in a game like against the Baltimore Ravens where they get blown out, Omron St. Brown still gets his. Uh, he is probably the best like big slot separator in the NFL mm -hmm. other than the guy I have after him, um, who's not playing a lot of slot anymore. Uh, so I just couldn't get away from it. It's just the most reliable and almost boring start because none of his plays catch eyeballs like A.J. Brown and stuff, but he's just always open over the middle of the field always gets it done and is like Jared Goff's one escape valve. Well, and Laporta has obviously stepped up, but Jamison Williams has not. Uh, hello, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah. So, like, we haven't had any targets filter away from Amon Ross St. Brown like people thought might happen. You know, I, I actually have him at 14. So, but again, like, basically from 9 to, let me scroll here, like 9 <laughs> to 15, you could tell me any order. And I'd probably be like, yep, sure. But you're not going to like who I have at nine, I don't think. We'll, we'll see. I have Saquon Barkley at nine. Um, So this is kind of funny. We almost flipped again. I have Saquon at 13. So I I have this, this tweet from PFF on Saquon. Over the last three weeks, most rushing yards, which this surprised me. I really, this went under the radar for me. Saquon Barkley has 300 rushing yards, 299. 
over the last three weeks. That is number one in the NFL by 66 yards over Kenneth Walker. Tied for second with Kenneth Walker is Saquon Barkley with 233 yards after contact. He is still that dude. It's just the offense sucks. It's not going to get better. But Saquon is still Saquon. As we've talked about, running back is a travesty. And I I think, you know, for me, I I still trust Saquon with a top 12 overall rank. Yeah. uh, You know, he had four catches for zero yards. That's two points in half point scoring. The points are there. I'm just saying it's incredible. The Giants offense finished. Well, they uh, threw for like negative passing yards. Yeah, Darren Waller finished with 57% of the team's receiving yards left in the first quarter and had eight total receiving yards. Um, Definitely a bad place to be right now. I was, he was one of those guys I was hoping like the trade deadline would impact him and maybe he'd end up like a Raven or something. Yeah. Obviously that's one of those dream fantasy scenarios didn't happen. Uh, But no, I completely get it. Again, I think going forward in the rest of every one of these ranks, we're going to be like, well, you just want an RB who touches the ball because half of them don't even get a a touch in the second half or only one. I feel like guy on that list. I feel like we all looked at the Ravens and they're like the safe haven for every good running back that we don't like where they're at. It's like, please trade for Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs and Derek Henry. Get one of these guys out of their situation, please. Yeah. (laughs) No, so I definitely get it. I just took reliable and safe. I think this Giants offense continues to go south, and I, I'm not. I just don't want to invest in it and, and trust that things get better. So I think Amon Ra has less uh, LOL potential if someone looks back at this, um, <laughs> putting him right here. So I'm good with that. If you're good with sticking Saquon at, at the next spot, yeah, because we because we basically have them flipped. In our ranks, uh, next up for me in my ranks is Austin Eckler. I'm curious where you have Eckler because he's a, a tough one to reconcile right now. But you said it. We're looking for guys who touch the ball <laughs> at the position. Yeah. So you know, just doing these rankings. Don't tell him a couple he's not times. On your list. I you know I just missed him. I'm gonna say I just okay. missed him. Okay. Okay. I was gonna be like, don't please don't tell me he's not altogether. So we're just gonna go ahead and we'll we'll slot him in okay. above DeAndre Swift. So he would be ten for me. Okay. Uh, because that makes the most sense here. And that's we're just exactly gonna drop. Where, that's exactly where I have him. So that's good. Okay. And we're gonna go ahead and just drop Ivana Chain from this, and there will be no argument about him. Ah, uh, I was looking cool. forward to that later. That's okay. There's another guy on this list that is not on this. Two on this. Three on this list I, that are I, not on my list. Not th- there are more guys than will fit Four. on this tier list. I keep counting. Okay. <laughs> Let's listen to Dalton count to five. Everybody, he's almost there. <laughs> well, I don't know what comes after four. Uh, no in the chat. Yes, Noah. We did not put. Austin Eckler in the top 24. Or no, it was actually me. I didn't, but it was intentional. And Yeah, I think wrong. I had him three yeah, last year. Dalton so. had him high. I've always been the, the Eckler skeptic. However, that has flipped this year, but unintentional this time. I will say Eckler is, again, he's a tough one because he didn't look very good the first two weeks he's, he had been back. He was kind of limping around at various points. but And then even last week, like, he looked good last week. He he had moves in the open field, like cuts in the open field that you're like, okay, that looks like the Eckler. I remember, but he's still, he's averaging less than two yards per carry in two of his last three games. It was like 15 carries for 27 yards the other night, but seven for 94 and one through the air. So like 
I don't know. Well, that He's... touchdown catch he had where he took it over the middle and then yeah. got to the outside was pr- it was it was vintage Eckler we've seen over the last three years. Yep. Yep. Agreed. So I, I think Eckler is uh, right where he should be at this point. No, but anyway, like I was saying, um, there are guys uh, on this like there are extras. There are guys that will not make it on here. But I didn't. I, I wanted to make sure there were guys like I. I don't want to have someone who you have ranked that is not on here because it's a little bit of a process to uh, upload the these photos to the <laughs> tier list i don't want to have to do that on the live pod hopefully that does not happen all right uh we just did 10 my 11 is cd lamb who do you have 11 uh well my 10 would be keenan allen oh uh, okay i have keenan allen 15 and i put oh. he and amon Ra back to back at 14 15 and basically was like these are it's like the same guy, except one's younger than the other, and they're both awesome. They're both consistent, and I, you know, they are the two guys in the teens where it's like, yep, I wholeheartedly trust them to. Yeah, do, I put do well I put CD at fifteen. Interesting, um, but off yeah, of, no, off of his thirty-five point week. Yeah, I don't. I don't trust Mike McCarthy calling plays. Is what it comes down to. Like, I don't think he learned anything from that. Um, but with Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, uh, the back-to-back rankings on this. Just looking at their uh, combined target share over the last three weeks when they've both been healthy, uh, they're combining for 55% of Justin Herbert's targets, mm-hmm. which is really – you want these funnel offenses where you know the guys are going to get their work. Yeah, I A mean, reoccurring my, my, trend here. My, Mike Williams being out obviously makes it so there are not any other guys that you trust on a weekly basis. Now, Josh Palmer's had some nice moments. He's also banged up. Quentin Johnson. He might be out this week. Yeah, Quentin Johnson, if you throw him the ball at the line of scrimmage on a drag route wide open – he can make guys miss and gain yards. Can he get open down the field? Not really, at least not yet. Yeah. So I, I'm just trusting Keenan Allen. They're, this defense that Brandon Staley is coaching on a third and 10 against the Chiefs, put all of their linebackers 10 yards back. Like, they're going to give up points. <laughs> they're bad. Uh, this, that just, was like one of the funniest plays I've ever seen. Oh, it's terrible. I don't know what they're doing with the spine of their defense. But, yeah, all in all, I, I have Keenan Allen highly because I think he has some, like, 15 catch games coming. Okay, so who do you have at 12? If we have the same guy 12, I think we should put that guy ahead of both of the two guys we just talked about. Do you well, 12, have... I'm eating crow on. Is it DeAndre Swift? It is DeAndre I Swift. I have him 12, so let's put okay. Swift at 12, and then we'll lead off the next tier with both of those guys. Yeah, um, I mean, we just talked about catching... We just talked about last week, so we don't have to say much, but yeah. he's like in the perfect role for – both a running back outside of like not as many goal to go touches as you would like close to perfect role for a running back and then perfect role for him because he has the quarterback who gives him the numbers advantage every time he gets a carry and he doesn't have to read the defense so much as just be a freak athlete and make guys miss and gain yards behind a good offensive line and he is very physically gifted he always has been and he's been healthy all year yeah, Knock and from wood. ESPN stats and info, I pulled this out of fifty-three qualifying running backs. He is the he has the third lowest stacked box percentage of among any running back. Like he's getting those lanes, like you said. They're pulling guys off. Obviously, they have to cover two incredible wide receivers, and then Dallas Goddard in his own right. And he's getting catches. He's he's on pace to set a career high in, in catches and targets, mostly because he's healthy. Um, but he's also on pace to lead running backs among catches uh, in the in the top 15 so all the all the good fantasy usage is there they're going to be spike weeks like any running back but yeah i think he deserves top 12 consideration mm-hmm. agreed agreed hold hardly there um i think he's already topped his 
pre his preseason Vegas rushing prop. I bet. Well, he had. I mean, the first game he was active. Yeah, he went insane. It, it was it was about a fifth of that, which you took yeah. the over on that. So it's a good thing for you that even though you were low on him, you still took the over. So you're you're winning that. Which, by the way, some of the prop bets uh, the prop bets are not going as well so far this year. We the NFL is not going as well. We, we've all well, we've already lost like two or three guys that we needed to go over just because they've already like J.K. Dobbins. His prop was gone like thirty minutes into the season. You know, like, Anthony Richardson. <laughs> yeah, Anthony his prop's Richardson. gone. <laughs> it was another one too. So we've just had. We've had bad, like, obviously that happens every year, but tough to have uh, two guys, like, in the first month where it's like, yeah, they're just done for the year. And they were on, on the prop show, and we were all pretty much on the over. Okay, so 12 for Swift. Uh, I will give you Keenan Allen at 13. We can go Lamb at 14. And, yeah, I mean, you said it. The the Mike McCarthy of it all is, is the question, but – even though the start has been a little bit uneven, he's just, he's such a good player. And honestly, if I trusted the coach more, I would I would be putting him higher on this list. Like I, I think me too. He he definitely he should be where Amon Ross St. Brown is. Yes, and he can also play on the outside. He's been pigeonholed into the slot in this offense because they have Gallup and Cooks on the outside. Mm-hmm. But when he gets his touches out there, he's incredibly effective. I haven't looked up his reception perception, but I already know his outside versus man and zone is incredibly well, just as well as he does on the inside. Uh, the problem is, first of all, Dak Prescott has Dak Prescott moments where he just, like for an entire game, you're like, this guy's a starting quarterback. And then the next week he does what he did against the Rams, goes off. Um, but yeah, CeeDee Lamb's a great player. I have no problem ranking him up, up in the top 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my mouse is not working. This is going to be a fun couple of minutes but let's talk about who we both have next dalton um i have Bijan robinson and feel a little bit gross about it but also like he's still rb13 and he had a game where he had 0.3 points because he had a headache yeah among eligible players on my list right now uh he would be the second choice i have breeze hall above him uh, oh, I who, do have Brees Hall. I have Brees Hall 13. I, I skipped asking okay. and Allen look, so I do have Brees next. So we okay, go. so we both have Brees next. Uh, I think it's obvious, even with the offensive struggles with the Jets, he's arrived. Dalvin Cook's snap share has dropped every game. Michael Carter's snap share has dropped every game. Uh, it is the Brees show. His explosiveness was on – you could just see it on that 60-yard run that he he's yep. re-arrived. Even despite a tough start to the year, he leads running backs in rush yards over expectation – and I, I know it's not like a huge, big win, but they just opened the practice window for their left tackle, Dwayne Brown, yeah. who's better than what they're starting right now, especially with the loss of Elijah Vera Tucker. They can kick their starting left tackle back to left guard. Uh, so overall, like pretty optimistic that he'll continue to perform. And at, at the very least, like he is so explosive and so good that even, you know, no matter what week it is, he's a chance just to take one for 60 in the house. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing that's keeping him here is the offense, obviously. We've mm-hmm. talked about a lot where he he basically has to do what you said. He has to have those explosive plays to make his day because the offense is not consistently moving the ball. Like, he has rushing lines of 4 for 9, 12 for 18, 12 for 39, and last week 12 for 17. So, like, that is what is keeping him here. It's not yeah. ability. Um Unless Aaron Rodgers really does come back, and especially if it happens before the playoffs, I don't see that changing as far as this offense goes. Now, what can help boost him a little bit is if the the targets that he's gotten last couple of weeks, if that's actually 
real instead of a blip because he had only been getting like two, three targets a week through the first six weeks or so. But he has 14 targets the last two games. He had nine last week. And the other thing is like Dalvin Cook, even though like even if Aaron Rodgers was there, there's no shot Dalvin Cook is hitting his rushing prop with how he's played this year, which even though you were lower than me on Cook, we all I, I think we and you and I had the over Johnny the under. I just looked the other day on that prop. So like Cook is just virtually no threat right now. Like you just dropped him in our twelve team dynasty league and I'm not sure like I don't think I'm gonna bid on him. Like, you know, like that that's where we're at right now with Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Well obviously the news came out that he was asking Joe Schoen if he could get a trade yeah. at the deadline because he's unhappy with his usage. I, I think going back to my preseason take, he's actually cooked. Like it's over. Yeah. Uh, he had a thousand rushing yards last year, but it didn't come out the way it should have. It didn't look great. Uh, I mean, he had a good career, but he's definitely on his way out of the league. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so next up, I B. John is the next guy on my list. Is, is that same. the same for you? Okay. Yeah. We can, we can have B. John. And does he have a rushing touchdown yet? Yeah. He has one. He had one, a two, Last week or three weeks ago? Obviously not the headache game. Yeah, so he had 12 points there today, so maybe he, he did then. Uh, but yeah, he has, like, if he has a rushing touchdown, it's one. And he yeah. has maybe two receiving touchdowns. So, like, he has only a couple touchdowns. He had a game with .3 points, and he's still the RB13 because he has been double-digit points in all but one game outside of the migraine game, eight points or more in every game this year besides the migraine game. So this guy has been very consistent and, like, I think eye test wise, we all we all know we all know he's an awesome player. And I think everybody but Arthur Smith <laughs> knows he's an awesome player. Uh, I pulled this; he is getting out touched in the red zone by Tyler Algier. I hate that so much. Twenty two to five. God, it, it sorry within the five yard line, not within the red zone. It's probably still a pretty poor split, but within the five, like they just bring Algier in. Like he's the guy here. In fact, Cordero Patterson has three touches inside the five-yard line. Uh, so Atlanta is doing Atlanta things. Um, I You know, last week they had their backup, their tight end two, Jonu Smith, complete, try to complete a pass to their tight end three while Kyle Pitts was the blocker on the play. Yeah. Also, uh, welcome to the toxic discourse, Arthur Smith. You benched your quarterback a week after telling us how how toxic we all were for only even on thinking film. of that. Desmond Ritter. Well, did you see the Falcons like funny injury designation for Desmond? Ritter yes, today? I sent it to you. <laughs> Game day concussion protocol. It's like I've never seen that before in my life. No, I'll go back to Brent Gretsch last week stealing signals. It's free to read. He has a very like seven or eight paragraph write up about Arthur Smith and how it, it, it embodies a lot of the problem with NFL hiring right now. And I think Arthur Smith is just one of those guys who he worked in Tennessee because Mike Frable was probably somebody you didn't speak back to. Yeah. And there's nobody there. There are no other adults in the room in uh, Atlanta. Let and me, Arthur let, Smith's let, running rampant. Let on me it. just ask this question. How much more fun and probably better would this offense be if Eric Bieniemy was their head coach? It'd be a thousand times more fun. Hire him. Just saying Falcons. Just saying. All right, 17, I have Cooper Cup. It's been, I think, about what we thought. Dalton, which is a little uneven, a little more uneven than than we're used to with Cup because of Puka Nakua, because of mm -hmm. his presence. But I, I, I still think 
Cup has got to be considered in, in the top 24. Oh, I got I wild here, and you're missing the guy I got wild here with. Oh, there's I someone off that's not on here. God damn it. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, it's Justin Jefferson. Oh, uh, well, that's not too wild. No. I mean, he, I think he opens up his practice window after this week. Uh, and I, no matter who's starting, I think it'll end up be Joshua Dobbs after this week uh, starting for the Minnesota Vikings. And he did fine. Like, he was a fine quarterback for the Cardinals. And the Vikings have more talent all around on the roster than Arizona does. And the answer to this offense under Joshua Dobbs is probably just going to be more Justin Jefferson, and he'll probably get a lot of the work. Um, so I ended up putting him here, and then I had Cup at 18. So I'm splitting hairs a little bit. But I I took Jefferson here because there are going to be weeks where he still wins you games. And he, talent-wise, we know what he is. So I, I'm sorry. I missed Justin Jefferson on this list. But, it's yeah, okay. I had JJ. I, I, think it's a, I, I think it's okay. I think, uh, yep. Yep, he's there. Got him. All right. So let's go with Cup because I don't even have JJ on my list. So yeah. we'll go Cup and then I'll give you JJ. That's fine. Because, you know, like if he does come back, then he, like, relatively soon, even with the quarterback situation, like Dobbs will be good enough to where JJ will be, like, maybe not wide receiver two, but maybe wide receiver six. Like, you know, yeah. five. Like, it's just a matter of when he comes back, really. Yeah. All Dobbs has to do is throw it to the open guy. And I know players like Jimmy Garoppolo struggle with that. But <laughs> I, I think he can get it done. Uh, Couple's my next. I'm a little concerned about the UCL injury for yeah. Matt Stafford. And this offense goes downhill so fast when Matt Stafford's hurt. Yeah. We saw it last year with that elbow injury before he went on IR. It was abysmal. I um, just kind of think that if Staff, they're saying IR is not an option. So I don't think he's going to be out for long if he does miss this week. And if Stafford is out, you know – we didn't really have – I think Cup got hurt before Stafford last year. He did, year. yeah. Yeah, he did. My prediction, if it's not Stafford, is we are going to see like 15 target games for Cooper Cup because they are going to get him the ball at the line of scrimmage or three yards beyond yeah. it in any way they possibly can. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with that. And I you know, had him right there. So – it's still going to be fun. I wish Stafford wasn't injured because he's really been slinging it this yeah. year. He's been a fun quarterback to watch. Yep, agreed. Okay, so let's see. We're at my 18. I have Brandon Ayuk. Where is Ayuk on your list? I'm assuming he is on it. No, I couldn't put him on it. Wow, no Brandon Ayuk? No, he's really good. Um, but if you take away his one spike week, he falls out of the top like 13 in wide receivers. His 33-point game. And – Looking at the the pat the first read target rate for Brandon Ayuk, it's fallen off every week since week four. I don't know what is going on in San Francisco, but the offense is like getting more stagnant. And I ended up I just couldn't fit him in my top twenty four. He he's close to it. He'd probably be like twenty seven or twenty eight. But no, Ayuk's not on my list. I had Puka Nakua next. Puka's not on my list. Okay, so, so let's continue and see if we can find a spot for either of those guys. Okay, by the end of this, I have Kenneth Walker next. Is he on your list? Okay, uh, another guy. I think the the charge dude, show has get, arrived, you, dude. You got can, Coach Speak Central. We're, we're talking. Okay, you, you can't be doing. You can't be trying to read into what Pete Carroll is. is I'm just saying, but his, his snap share also validates that. Like, and yeah, but he was on. He had an injury designation all week with the knee. We'll we'll see if that continues, but I think we're heading towards fifty fifty split. Or with a here. calf injury, excuse me. Yeah, I think a lot of the things Pete Carroll says, a lot of the things I said at the start of the season, which 
They want a guy who gets consistent first downs. Kenneth Walker doesn't do. Kenneth Walker has consistently not been able to be a player who's reliable in his running. He He's explosive, but he's not reliable. Zach Charbonnet does all of those things. He's a reliable runner. He's doing really well in the pass game. We saw that last week where I think he was six for six for 50 yards or something yeah. like that. And he's, he's um, a good pass protector, which we've said. But, like, Kenneth Walker, seventh in the NFL in rushing yards. He has 82% of their rushes inside the 15. Like, I, I don't know. He's the RB6. Like, this ranking of him at 19 or just even having him in the top 24 isn't even me saying I think he's going to continue the RB6. I think he's going to fall off a little bit. Because I do agree. I think Charbonnet is going to get a little more involved here. But I don't yeah, know. Like, I've watched Kenneth Walker, and I still think, like, that guy, he, he, is, he is really good. He has some really good traits. I'm just calling my shot here. I think his touchdowns, he's second in the league in touchdowns among running backs. I think that drops off, too. Uh, I don't think it's sustainable. I think he's due for a little regression there. And I think that it's going to hurt his touchdown rate when he starts losing touches to Charbonnet. Well, I don't think I can respect it because I do have a a call on my shot guy on this list. I'm going to bring up. Um, Great. I, I wonder if we have the same guy. um, Okay. So we got to find a guy that we both have here to put next. Uh, Devontae Adams. Is he on your list? No. Oh my God. What are we doing? Joe Mixon? No. (laughs) Chris Olave. I have Olave 24th. I have Olave at 19. Okay, he was my call your shot guy, but you have him higher than me. I thought I was going to get yelled at for having Olave 24. No. Because oh. I, I, I just, re- like, I'm seeing stuff, like, people are putting him closer to wide receiver 24 right now instead of 24 overall. Yeah, I do have concerns that there's this weird Pete Carmichael, Derek Carr love triangle going on where Chris Olave is being excluded from it. I think I said but, Olave next because we can't find anybody else in common. Go ahead. Yeah, um, but among all players in the NFL with one touchdown or less, Chris Olave has the most targets at 77. Yeah. Next is Zay Flowers at 60. <laughs> so he's a 17 full targets uh, different. And How is my dynasty team 6-2 and two with both of these? I know. <laughs> and I'll be – well. Amron St. Brown's up there. Yeah, I, I just like Twitter search Chris Olave open and then watch a compilation of it. He's going to hit some. Eventually, Derek Carr is going to hit some of these. And of I, course, he had the chance last week on the double And it hit him move, in the helmet. And it hit him in the helmet. I don't know if the timing was off or if Olave just was supposed to get his head around sooner and didn't or what happened there. But that should have been a 40-yard touchdown. Like, I agree with you. It. It is going. It's going to come. He is like, I, I think Ian Hardis is starting to call him our air yards king. Um, yeah. He, he is. He he is to the point where he's getting memed for how great the air yards are compared to. He is like leading the NFL in the air yards by a mile. It, it is. It is pretty crazy what what is going on with him right now. And it's not like he's been bad. He himself this year. Now he's had a couple moments where it's like, okay, that that wasn't great. But like he's made great catches up the sideline. He's getting open constantly yeah so i i had to put him on here i i don't like that offense at all no man it just has to hit for him he's too good for it not to hit like i think him and cd lamb are in a similar tier and the only difference is like dak prescott's a better quarterback and like can sometimes get the ball to his better player yeah and i think cd lamb is still better than chris olave uh i i just i don't know on that one i'd be close it's close, but I, I still would say Lamb is the better player. Um, okay, I only have two guys left on my top 24, so I hope one of these two is on there for you. 
Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, he cracked the list for you? Yeah, I have him at 22. I, I figured. He'd, I have him at 22 exactly as well. So um, we've talked about Pacheco a lot, including just last week. So not much else to say on him, really. He's getting the opportunities you want. It's nothing crazy and unsustainable. He is the running back eight right now. And, you know, he himself is consistent. It's the opportunity that is up and down because, you know, it's just kind of the Andy Reid story where some weeks he just forgets he can run the ball. Some weeks he remembers and Pacheco has good games. Like, Pacheco's only really had one spike week to get him here. So I think what he's doing is perfectly sustainable, and he will probably keep this up the rest of the way. No, I agree with that. I think the red zone usage will go up. I mean, among running backs in the NFL right now, he's top 20 in receptions. And if you told people that at the start of the season, his draft capital as a fifth round pick would have probably went up to the third round. Yeah, uh, He's run effectively. He's run inconsistently. And it, sometimes he is frustrating to run because he like jukes nothing out. Um, <laughs> but he is on a good off. I he's juking. I just think that's how he moves. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I would hate to be in line behind that guy. Uh, but it's all there. CH is also out this week. Didn't even travel to Germany. So we could see yeah. a little more touches for Pacheco this week, but big fan. I, I can see some touchdown games coming his way too. So it's all there in my opinion. Yep. Okay. The last guy on my top 24 that I haven't already named is Derek Henry. Is he on yours? No, this is a fun debate because I have Josh Jacobs next. Really? See, I left Jacobs off of mine. It's shocking. Yeah. Um, in game, so I pulled this split up because I had Derrick Henry listed for a while and then reading on him, I didn't like it. In games where the Titans are leading, Derrick Henry is sixth in points per game among running backs. In games where the Titans are down by a score or more, Derrick Henry is 72nd. And it, I don't want to draft a guy in my top 24 who I'm gambling on how the the game script's going to work I especially you, but th- like this is just the Derrick Henry story always. it is but i had this stat earlier for a reason when Aiden O'Connell plays Josh Jacobs is 22% target share on the team he suddenly starts getting peppered at the line of scrimmage he gets a little of those PPR points that we're not getting and titans can can, can, I, can I give you you know you mentioned O'Connell I, that's why I, I kind of think that Devontae Adams is going to benefit from him too because Aiden O'Connell is more willing to push the ball down the field than than Jimmy G is. And, like, he looked okay in preseason. Now he took a million sacks against the Chargers in that game that he played. But, like, Devontae Adams legitimately could have had a 60 and a 98-yard touchdown with a quarterback who could throw the yes. ball worth anything last No, week. and I, I wouldn't bet against that. I, I like Devontae Adams. I just trust the – ability of Jacobs and that he's going to get guaranteed touches in the run game. And then he's going to get receiving work because no one else on the team does. And my only other concern with Derrick Henry, at some point, the Titans are going to look at their roster and realize we have, we have to tear it down. They just let's just see the trade deadline though. Let's see what this kid Tajay Spears has. Let's give him a little more work. He's already getting work. He's already looking good when he gets the work. So I, I, you know, a 60-40 split is not going to kill Derrick Henry, but it's not going to be the no, volume but, uh, that he's had. But that but that, that, has been the split this year. He's been between, like, high 50s and mid to low 60s of the snaps all year this year. And, and it's been a real up-and-down ride. But he's he's the RB12, but he had a two-point game. He's been double digits in three of the last four – actually, 14 or more points in three of the last four games. And uh, Will Levis uh, – Ma- what what should we call him? The the Mayo Mamba? Will Will Levis? Mayo Mamba. 
Like, you know, kind of kind of kind of kind of looked okay the other day. Now, um I think that's going to change as we go on because he was not forced to do any of the things that were question marks uh for yeah. for him coming out. Also, of if you can't tell by my Titans talk, I don't think Will Levis is that guy. We'll see. Um Devont or DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL at OPI not getting caught. And that was one of the touchdowns where he spun AJ Terrell around and then yeah. caught the ball. Uh, but yeah, Jacobs is the RB9 on the season right now. We saw in the Lions game, like he is the best part of their offense other than Devontae Adams. And that's just why I have him here. Uh, he, he's not in mind, but you know, I'm always willing to, to give Josh Jacobs the benefit of the doubt. I, I think like ability wise, he's there. It's just he has outside of the quarterback. He's just been tackled the backfield like more than anybody in the NFL, and that's just a hard thing to overcome. Yeah. Uh, I guess I have two more guys, and you're out of guys. Yeah, so let, let's hear some of yours. Like, I have a couple guys that I uh, considered. Um, obviously, there's some guys on this list that, that are not. Yeah, I mean, both mine are on this list because you, you heard me tell you them. Uh, David Montgomery I have on this list at 22. Okay. Uh like last week we saw Jameer Gibbs in the David Montgomery role go off. David Montgomery is going to get all of their red zone work. We saw Jamal Williams, who I think isn't as good as David Montgomery do an RB four season on touchdown equity alone. So that's why I did uh, David Montgomery there. And then I had DJ Moore uh, yeah. and DJ Moore got on the list because he, he's just getting open still. And he's getting, he's the only passing weapon on that offense. And even with Tyson Badgett, he's performed adequately. So I'm not concerned about his long-term viability. Um, but I would, I mean, I would give Devontae Adams over DJ Moore. They both have the same question marks in my opinion. Okay. And and the, the first run down of this list was uh, Halloween afternoon. And Josh McDaniels was not fired. <laughs> and now that Josh McDaniels is fired, I'm a little more pro anybody in Las Vegas. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, okay, so these next two, this is gonna be tough because David Montgomery, I put him on here because I went and looked at other rankings and saw him close and was like, okay, I, I, you know, Dalton may be thinking about him. Me personally, I did not even consider David Montgomery for this, and it's not that he's that far off. It's just that I think, um, I think that both. He and Gibbs are going to be pretty solid RB twos. Like I think we're going to see a a better Jameer Gibbs than we saw earlier in the season. Like a more productive Jameer Gibbs, a more often used Jameer Gibbs, I, I should say. So I think we're going to see both guys more you know in what's that. Hilarious in, about this. Go ahead. Is you're giving me my Kenneth Walker Zach Charbonnet argument on the David Montgomery DeAndre? Yeah, split. but you know, like we, you and I have always been like. Like, I think Montgomery is fine. We always fought back when people were calling him, like, a, a good running back, like a very good running back. It's like, no, like, he's average. Like, he's fine. I would agree. I just think, I think Kenneth gets... Walker's better. Yes. But we also saw DeAndre Swift, who we now know is hashtag kind of good, uh, playing well when the Lions were more than willing to give all the work to Jamal Williams, who hashtag is not good. Uh and I, that, that's part of it. They're going to continue just to plow behind this line. It's like the Dan Campbell philosophy. And I, I think he'll just continue to get that work. And the goal line work is all his, which is part of my ranking on this, which I think you think Kenneth Walker keeps his goal line work. So we can agree to disagree, leave both of them off, and nobody leaves this this room happy. Okay, well, 
I had Ayuk highest of any of my guys. Not yeah, on, we but... can put Ayuk on here because I do like him. Okay, so I'm I'm cool with Ayuk being on here. Um, let me. So who who's like your first guy off? I don't think it's gonna be the same for us because my first guy off was Raheem Moster, and you wanted to add a chance to this. Uh... So it'd be a Dolphins running back one way or another. <laughs> can we just put starting Dolphins running back in that last spot? <laughs> no, I don't think that works. Um. Uh... Well, my argument... Who's your highest-ranked guy not on this list? We'll do it that way, because that's what we just did with Ayuk. Uh, let me look. Going down to 27, I had Derrick Henry. No, no. Who's who's your... like? Uh, oh, well, I have Puka Nukua at 17. Okay, or 19, so, sorry. So, so Puka should be on this list, if we're doing it the same way as we just did with yeah. Ayuk. Which, I'm fine with that. Puka, not on my list, but I do not think that that's crazy. Um, we've talked about a lot. He's going to eat in the cups, uh, workload. He's very good. And as long as Matthew Stafford is like, fine, this is going to be a good offense. Yes. Um, and even without Matthew Stafford, we'll see. I mean, two electric wide receivers at the position could sustain somebody who doesn't really get it done with Josh McDaniels calling the plays. Uh, some, you know, he's, he's wide receiver four. like, He's trailed off a little bit, you know, six or fewer points two the last three weeks. But, like, this is still the wide receiver four in fantasy football right now. Should we talk about somebody I wanted to rank that I couldn't rank? Sure. And let's talk about the fact that neither one of us ever brought up Tony Pollard's name. Because yes. that was the guy that I left off that I told you. I was like, I think that might be a little controversial. Because every rank I looked at, he was, like, mid-teens. But I just Did didn't, you... I didn't want to do it. Did you even consider... The wide receiver eight. Adam Thielen? No, I did not. I considered him. At one point, he was here. I just... He's the wide receiver eight, by the way, in total points with his bye week already yeah. coming and going. And he's had double-digit targets every game of the season. And he's been... He's continued to be explosive and do things that he wasn't doing last year in Minnesota. And I can't... I didn't end up putting him here, but I feel like he has warranted it in everything except he does well, not have the name value of half the guys. On those well, guys. and we and we just both said that we think he's going to be like kind of fringe wide receiver one type of guy. So like he should have been a guy that I considered more. But yeah, I think it's like you said, like it's like there's all these other guys that you just name value and more recent production value outside of this year. It's like they should be. High, they should be ranked higher than Adam Thielen, but really Thielen probably should have been under stronger consideration. But I, I don't regret not having him on here. Looking at the guys we have left, so it's on the bottom of this list, it's Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, first time we've said his name on this top 24 rest of season ranks, Kenneth Walker, David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert, Tony Pollard, Devon Achan, and DJ Moore. Who do you think has the biggest potential to make us look like idiots for leaving them off this list. Uh, I think Joe Mixon. He's on my list. So this, that one's on you. If, if that happens, <laughs> uh, I like, I said last week, obviously I was 
better. I was more trusting of the Bengals and the Eagles offense. He, if they he, get he things, look, he looked kind of good last week. Like, yeah. Well, and if they get things figured out, he gets all the work. He gets the catches. He gets the red zone work. He gets the between the twenty. Yeah. Work. There, there's no Samaje Pirine. Like, look behind it. Like, there is nobody you even want on the field, let alone getting work behind Joe Mixon right now, which no. is a problem for the Bengals. Great for Joe Mixon and fantasy. Yeah, I could easily see him doing what he did last year against the Bucks and going off for like fifty-two points. Uh, he, like the guys we have above him, we have workload concerns. There are no workload concerns, Joe Mixon. He's Absolutely. just the same player he's always been, where he's like a ho hum, three point five yards a carry, you know, four targets. Um, but he's getting it done. He's doing well in fantasy. And as that offense progresses and gets better with Joe Burrow being healthier, he will continue to do the same. I think. Can we talk about leaving Tony Pollard? off of this list for a minute you you had a fun tony pollard stat you know fun being a sarcastic word uh that you told me before the podcast yeah um i don't have the tweet in front of me anymore uh but go ahead over the last three weeks tony pollard is the rb 33 and the rb 34 is mr washed ezekiel elliott and this is points per game right yes this is so it's not like it, don't 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 think like oh they're not counted as bye week no no this yeah. is points per game no they are and objectively we went and looked at this we had a lot of back and forth on this Tony Pollard has been like a not good NFL running back yeah his rush yards over expectation is 34th in the league last year he was second in the league I couldn't find it because next gen stats doesn't give it to you. But last year, Tony Pollard had a top 20 rush in speed. He doesn't have any in the top 20 so far this year. Well, uh, and the the first time that alarm bells kind of went up for me was the play that we all remember where he you know made a good play to break the tackle, make the catch, but he got caught very easily. Now, I know Asante Samuel is very fast, but I just don't think Tony Pollard's getting run down like that last year. Yeah, and then— I missed the guy coming off a of tightrope surgery in the offseason. Yes, which has gone underreported about what it could have impacted on his his potential. And then just circling all the way back to the CD Lamb conversation, I don't think this offense is running very efficiently, is running very well. Uh, and part of it comes from the run game with Tony Pollard. They're just kind of asking him to do like up the middle runs, mm-hmm. not getting him on the outsides. Last year, 45% of his runs were outside. This year, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, well, like, there there was the story in The Athletic that I just sent you. Um, it was a little bit of an older story, but popped back up because of, it's relevant right now. You know, everybody always got so upset with the Zeke over Tony Pollard stuff last year, but a former Cowboys running back coach, or was it running back coach? Some kind of offensive coach, but I think it was running back coach, basically had a quote where it's like, he has a hard limit, and once he gets past that hard limit and snaps, he, he's, like, gassed. There was a game where he hit, I don't know what it was, 40 snaps. He had a run where he, he went and told the coach, was like, hey, like, I'm done. I, I can't I can't do anything more today. And that was his last snap of the game. And, like, this is a guy who – that that was kind of my, my concern with his rushing prop, which I think was 1,000. And that mm-hmm. was kind of what I said, um, not so confidently, but that was what I was worried about before the season is, like, can Tony pa- – there's a difference between being the change of pace explosive guy – and the every down guy who also still has that explosiveness. And you factor in he's coming off the injury. He just hasn't been the same player. He's getting a lot more of that between the tackles, grinding type of work. And it's just too bad because we waited so long 
for the Tony Pollard show, and it's not been very fun. Yeah, well, there's just some guys in the NFL that aren't, you know, they're not there for a full workload, and maybe he's better in that reserve role, whereas explosiveness can be, you know, worked in as a key part of the gameplay instead of being an every-down grinder. I mean, last week against the Rams, they put up like 35 points, and he had a season low in points. Yeah, he like, did nothing. It, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty out on Tony Pollard rest of season. Like, obviously, if you need an RB2, he's more, more than capable of doing it, but I don't think he's going to return to that RB1 we saw last year. Last thing, and then we can jump out of here. Is it the Zach Moss of it all that's keeping Jonathan Taylor out for you? Because that that's kind of where I'm at, too, where it's like, we just talked about this. I I, I still think Taylor is like the lead guy. He's the guy you want. He, he had one carry in the second half last week. Yeah, he did. He he kind of came up gimpy on his one carry, or on a carry late in the first half and only got one carry. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. But just outside of that, like Zach Moss, we talked about it, has looked really good. He's second in the NFL in rushing yards since week two, which is, like, astounding. And he's just looking like a different guy than at any point in his career. We said that all a couple weeks ago. And while I think Taylor is going to be the guy getting more snaps, I still think it's going to be in the 60s instead of in the 70s. And, hey, and Zach Moss has been getting a lot of red zone work still. If I told you at the start of the season that Zach Moss would be RB4 through nine weeks – seriously yeah um and i i mean i think part of this is protecting an asset that he's signed for three years yeah. he's coming off of a surgery on his ankle uh and i mean not to say it's a lost season for the colts but it's not I mean, it's a lost we, season they they shut yeah. down their number one pick they're clearly not going to the playoffs you know like yeah and i mean why not see what you have in zach moss and potentially resign him on a good team-friendly deal uh the last thing i'll say about this is i still think there's hope for both of them yep the colts run the most plays in the nfl by a pretty large margin they play really fast yep. so there's there even if like the split is like 60 40 and it's zach moss getting the 60 that 40 percent is sometimes more touches than a lot of other backs are going to get in the NFL because of how many plays the Eagles or the Colts are putting out there on the field. Yeah, well, and again, and he's getting a lot of red zone touches uh, yeah. too. I, I think he's out-touched Jonathan Taylor in the red zone, even just if you look the last couple of weeks when the snaps have leaned more towards JT, the red zone stuff yeah. still still hasn't quite to that extent, which is, which is at least interesting. Yeah, so I get it. I mean, the last thing, like Mostert probably deserves a little bit of discussion. I had Mostert I think, 25th, so he was my first guy out. I think he's starting to slow down. I think, he is. He is yeah. for sure. And I, I don't mean just in points, obviously in points, but I mean, like, I think he's a 31-year-old guy and it's starting to get to him a little bit. And him and A-Chain back will be probably better. But mm-hmm. I also believe the Dolphins have had a pretty soft schedule for the most part to help this. They have. For sure they have, and I and I talked about that last week, that their playoff schedule, uh, it's not fun. So that, that will impact both of those guys, I think, too. But obviously the offense is good, too, so they'll, they'll still put up solid numbers. All right, yeah. Dalton, that is going to do it for episode 124 of the Half Point Per Podcast. Before I finish up this intro, do you have anything on our Dynasty League that, that you want, want to talk about after we uh, intro outro this out here? Excuse me. I don't think I do. I was going to pull up league ratings and just look around at different league ratings and see where people were at. But Okay, well, we'll do that real quick after after this then to give give the Dynasty League a little something. But follow the pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Half Point Per Pod. Most importantly, subscribe on the YouTube Half Point Per Podcast. Link to all those things in the show notes to be able to answer any questions as they come. 
even about your 20-team PPR scoring leagues. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review, all that stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening. And Dalton, on to SFFL. You said you're going to pull up... Uh, I don't have any on me, otherwise I would. I, I, I'd have to import it. But... I mean, I can I can do it right now. It'll take me two We could talk about an underreported SF, SFFL subject that I think has flown under the radar. Let, let's hear it. Uh, friend of ours took over producer Johnny Pham team in the Dynasty League. Yes, I, do. I, I was hoping you were going to go with Juan here. Los Pajaracaros. That was uh, a valiant effort. He is third right now in the league at six and two yep. on a four game win streak. And last week, had he started his best lineup, he would have put up what I think might have been the most possible points for so far at 173. Um, wow. But he he benched Jalen Waddle, which questionable. But I mean, it's a pretty tight race for the playoffs right now. But he does have what looks to be a pretty good lead on getting there. Evan, can can the Pajaracaros make it? <laughs> well, I mean, he's got a matchup with me this week, and he's hitting, you know, both of us are kind of in a, in a bye week situation where I had to go trade for Zach Moss to not start Cordell Patterson this week. And he's got, uh, I believe it's Gibbs on a bye. I have Abon Ross St. Brown that same bye. I have ETN and Calvin Ridley on a bye. He has George Kill on a bye without a very good replacement uh, and Tyler Higby for him. So if he does get me this week, which is very possible, uh, that would go a long way uh, for Juan. I do, like, of the teams in the top four, I kind of doubt the staying power the most of those teams. But, I mean, he's got a two-game lead on a playoff spot right now. So I think Juan's got to be feeling pretty good about that. The points are starting to come around, and I do actually have. Let me uh, let me pull up this tab. Um, these are some odds for anybody interested. So current record tie at the top six and two. This is giving tie a ninety six percent chance. I don't know if you can even see this on the. Screen. I can see it. Yeah, ninety six percent chance to make the playoffs. Fifty eight percent chance at a first round buy. 22% chance to win the finals. So he is the pretty prohibitive favorite right now with myself, Juan, and Brian fresh off a win over me last week at 5-3. and three. Troll behind him as well. But then once you get past that, then that's where things get really interesting when you're looking at making the playoffs. You have basically a four-team race for, let's see, one, two, three, four, five... The last spot right now, now obviously that's not how I'm saying it's going to turn out necessarily, but you've got Noah, you've got Trejo, you have Jayla, and you have uh, occasional podcast guest Eli at uh, five and three. All four of those teams kind of vying for that spot right now. I think it says a little something about what this particular site thinks of Eli's team, that he has a whole game on those teams, but he's the lowest uh, percent. We'll see if Eli can continue to define the odds because he definitely has this year at five and three. His team has had a strong showing this season. I did have a, a little conversation with Eli earlier today. Okay. And didn't realize a little reporting what, here. Let's go. What sort of wide receiver hell Eli Berry is in? Oh. Okay. So he has a Mark Cooper who 
PJ Walker is probably the guy. That's his wide receiver one right now. Yeah. Then he has George Pickens. I mean, Jordan Addison's his wide receiver one right now, right? Like, well, we'll get to that. He's not even starting him this week. Oh, I haven't even I haven't looked at any lineups yeah. this week. He has George Pickens playing tonight with rib injury Kenny Pickett and sideline Matt Canada. Deontay Johnson will catch his first touchdown from a quarterback since Ben Roethlisberger tonight. Mark we'll my see. words. I hope but that happens by the time people hear this. So both his starting quarterbacks are wide receivers already dealing with quarterback problems. One of them self-inflicted, the other one injury-inflicted. Then you go to his bench. Michael Thomas, by the way, in that list of wide receivers without a touchdown among targets, he's third with yeah. 59. Uh, Derek Carr, throw it to your wide receivers, man. God. Jacoby Myers, who's been a pretty good player this season, but is yeah. now playing with a rookie who might not target him. And then Jordan Addison, who just lost – you know, Kirk Cousins, who was on his way to a pretty successful season. Kirk Cousins, who was also Eli's quarterback. Yes. Um, he does have Kyler Murray returning at some point. Yes. But, I mean, this is the the very, very old running back heavy starter with Al Kamara and Raheem Mostert. Uh, and then he has Brian Robinson and Rashad White. So, I mean, I think Eli has more chops to get there than that was giving him credit for. I would still put him above the Bavaria Blitzkrieg of J-Law, but – it's a tight race down there. And I have a lot of picks, those guys that are in that playoff race. So I hope that your little, <laughs> your little thing there was right. And Juan does have a 90% chance. No, I don't think Juan had 90% chance. It was, uh, or no, he does. You're right. Yeah. I was yeah. 90% chance for Juan. He hopped me 89% chance for me. Yeah. It sucks to suck, but 40% chance of the first round, but I don't know how that actually calculates this. No idea. At says, one point, I thought it said 27% that Roddy could make the playoffs. And then Roddy was wrong. <laughs> um, but, yeah, very interesting race to the top in that league. If, Three tanking teams completely out of the playoff race. Yeah, and it's funny. The predictions, I've checked this website a couple times throughout the year. Just curious to see what the predictions are. I feel like it. the predictions for the bad teams, it just kind of goes, okay, they, they can't possibly not win at all, right? Like, you're still projected for two wins, which is just one more win for you. Brad is projected for three wins. I don't see any way Brad is winning two more games this year. Um, no, he has two wins. He beat me. Oh, my God, he does. So he might get there. And then Rowdy at two wins, who has yet to win a game. Um, but does have Mahomes and CeeDee Lamb. That is true. But, but yeah, it, it's been a little kind. Like, I think your projected record before the season was 3-11. and 11. And it's like, uh, I, I don't think Dalton. We, I'm just saying, week one, I am Anthony Richardson not falling at the one-yard line from winning against the Bavarian Blitzkrieg, who are a playoff fighting team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Look at any match. Like, I think Eli has a bit. No, yeah, Eli and Brian. So, like, this is a big one for Eli this week. He loses this week. All those questions about his team kind of add up. And you're not feeling great. Like the trade deadline coming up sneakily quickly before next week's game. So decisions will have to be made. Or maybe there will be nine teams who are really vying for for playoff spots. Everyone, uh, no one makes a sell trade before the deadline of that group. Or, you know, if Eli wins that game, just like he's got to be feeling pretty good. It'd be yeah. six, he'll be six and three. At that point, you probably only need two more wins. Uh to get in the playoffs, and I haven't looked. Let me just look ahead real quick at his schedule. Oh no, it's it's kind of tough. Next week he gets his brother, and then it's Ty after that, and then it's me after that. Does he get any cake matchups? That's what I'm. He gets looking. Rocky Mountain week thirteen, the frauds, and then and then he finishes his season against the Rainbow City Raccoons. And let me tell you, 
Rainbow City is one of the hardest roads on Mario Kart. <laughs> so if he can win this week, I'll just say this and we'll close it out. If he can win this week, get the six wins, you can almost bank a seventh win. He just has to find one more and then keep those points high. Keep That's those points high. That's all fantasy is about. That's all it's about. And I think Kyler Murray drastically helps if he comes back after this week. Yes, he needs Kyler to come back ASAP. Yes. All right, Dalton, that is going to do it. Thank you guys for indulging us in the Dynasty. Thank you guys also for indulging us in the top 24s and definitely not screenshotting and, and uh, letting us know about any of those calls later in the season. Appreciate that in advance. We'll talk to you again next week.